Winnaker Weekly is a three-episode-in anime discussion podcast where two brothers discuss a show of their choice. The show can be anything from a current season flop to a decades-old classic. What are they going to talk about next? Who knows? They sure don't. And this is Whitaker Weekly. Let's get right to it. So in the news. So there's a little bit of background that I need to go ahead and share with this. Uh, there is a manga that I have been reading called Backstreet Girls. Okay. okay and it's a comedy. Um, and it's kind of dark. And it's mostly dark because it's a comedy about a group of Yakuza uh, who have failed their boss for the last time. Okay. And their boss is going to use them to make money. Either he's going to kill them and sell their organs or they have the choice to go to Thailand, to, to Thailand get a sex change operation, and then come back and become idols. What a premise. <laughs> yep. And so they have these amazing shots in the manga. Because, of course, they go and they do that because that's the entire manga. Um, and there's these amazing shots in the manga. Like, um, though, there's these they're really, really cute idol girls sitting like Yakuza thugs or, like, drinking straight from the bottle. Sure. Uh, coping. <laughs> like They still have the exact same personalities they had before. Yes. But some of the funniest shots in the manga are when... There's reaction shocks, like people are just shocked or like reacting to something, and it's the men's faces with the girls' hair over their head. <laughs> um, now, this was turned into an anime, and it's on Netflix, and we should probably watch it at some point. Okay. Um, but they have released a trailer for the live-action movie uh-huh. of um, of Backstreet Girls. Yes. Um, and I watched it, and uh, honestly, I had known about this for a while, but I forgot gotten the name of it so when i came across this i took the opportunity to start reading the manga and the manga is just delightfully horrible the horrible horrible things that their boss forces these these men to do to repay their debt to him wow. <laughs> so it's 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 funny in a oh these poor people way <laughs> anyway uh next bit of news after that um i guess this isn't really news but this is something cool that i came across uh-huh. uh so the godzilla 2 uh king of all monsters uh-huh. trailer hit a few weeks back well uh a godzilla fan took clips from the toho japanese uh the, the toho godzilla movies mm-hmm. and recut the entire godzilla 2 trailer using footage from just the toho ones really yeah it's kind of delightful like okay. they do a, it's the same audio as the as the newest trailer. Sure. But uh, they take the uh, yeah they do a pretty great job of taking the Toho stuff and putting it to uh, to um, to the audio for the trailer. So okay. Yeah, and then we also have a bit of news that you stumbled across, stumbled upon. Oh uh, yes, they've announced that uh, My Hero Academia season four of the anime is to premiere in October twenty nineteen. So we got another 10 months to wait before we see more uh, My Hero Academia. But the promotional poster that's uh, associated with that is uh, the new the new guy that they introduced in the last the top couple guy, Yeah, the, the top guy of the school. The top guy of the school. Uh, appear, looks like he's going to end up being uh, Deku's mentor moving forward. Yeah. What it looks like. Yeah, that's... A, that's a, I have not read all of the manga. I just uh-huh. started reading the manga. Like, I just started... Like, I got into the show, and I just kind of picked up the manga where the manga was currently translated and right. reading it every week. Um, and that's a... That's a good way of saying that. He kind yeah. of becomes a mentor, someone that that Deku looks so, so up to. D- Deku now has a senpai. Mm-hmm. Deku has a senpai. Um, and he's such a crazy... He's such a weird character. He's, <laughs> but... But uh, he's still mm-hmm. to this. He still looks like you know. Did you see Rin the bu- t- um, 
the Rin Tin. Tin Tin. Yeah, Tin Tin. Uh, have you seen the fan art that somebody made? You can probably find you can find it on Know Your Meme. That's where I first saw it. Mm. Um, but uh, in you know how they say they're called the Big Three and like they're marching down the hall. Yes. Someone took that image from the manga and drew very nicely drew over the three of them yeah and is saying they're called the big three and he drew luffy's outfit over yeah luffy's hat and scar on his chest and and uh And then the girl i can i can't remember the character's names but she was dressed up as a shinigami she was dressed up as a shinigami from bleach from bleach and then the guy the one who was depressed and always like looking at the wall and Uh stuff he was dressed up as sasuke Sasuke from naruto Naruto. that's Mm -hmm. right they're known as the big three (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah. Um, yeah Which reminds me, I saw a little, uh, somebody shared on Facebook a, uh, a fan comic where, um, they shipped, uh, uh, Ochiko and Bakugo, and they had a daughter. And okay. the daughter looks like, uh, Ochiko does now, but a little younger. And she's, um, same haircut, but she, she wishes she had powers, and she can't wait to find out what they are. And she puts her hands together and goes... And then if I had my mom's powers, I could fl- make all these things fly up in the air and then go, release, and make a ball fall down. And when she says release, she blows up half of the couch that Bakugo's sitting on. The half that he's not on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you just blow up my couch? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Can you do it again? <laughs> Can you do it again? <laughs> and then Ochiko comes home and they've blown up everything in the house. And it was a delightful thing, but then I had to post afterwards that meme of... Um, Delete this? No. Only uh, villains no, do this? Yes, the only villains do this. I, uh-huh. I posted the, uh, always do this, and it's a picture of shipping um, Deku and Ochako. Mm-hmm. And only villains do this, shipping Bakugo and Ochako. Yeah, only villains do this. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great, that's great. So okay. it was adorable, but still, only villains do okay. that. Okay, so we don't have a lot of time tonight, so we're going to try to keep tonight's episode kind of short. Um... But we're going to go ahead and get right into three episodes in. Yes. I I don't want to say this is going to be an easy show to keep short. It's simple, though. It's fairly just kind of straightforward. There's not like a whole lot of super depth and stuff going on. No. But I thoroughly enjoyed the first three episodes of the show so Hmm. far. I'm looking forward to watching more. But this week we are discussing Dragon Pilot. Yes. Uh, So, again, uh, this is the uh, synopsis taken from Google. Uh, Hisone Hisone Amakasu is a rookie in the Japanese. Japan Air Self-Defense Force located at the Gifu Air Base. While there, a concealed dragon, Masotan, chooses her to be his pilot, which leads her to discover that being a dragon pilot is her destiny, and she undergoes fighter pilot training for an upcoming mission for Hisone and the other dragon pilots. The pilots eventually go on the mission under the watchful eye of the command center. Okay, so it starts off, of episode one starts off with, um, with Hisune still in high school. Yes. And she's filling out one of those, uh, where do you want to go uh, with your life? Uh, like, yeah, what yeah, are your quite, top three choices? It's a questionnaire and assessment. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if you, what what are your wants? And, and combined with, um, mm-hmm. you know, what are your current talents? And the teachers um, in Japan, they'll use that to try to help you. Uh, and, like, they use that to be like, okay, so you want to go to this school? Well, this is what you need to do in order to go to that school. So they, and, they use that to kind of help plan out the rest of their school their school life and what they need to do in order to get into the school they want to go to. Yes. So. And Slice of Life anime covers that repeatedly. Yeah, they really do. Um, and, uh, anyway, uh, she, the, she's just kind of sitting there while everyone else is kind of talking about their life and how they want to kind of do only something that they can do. Yeah. And she's like, oh, only something I can do, huh? And then she looks up and she sees jets flying by, uh, fighter jets flying, flying by, F-15s. Yes. And she's just like, 
Huh. And so she just kind of writes down in her own... The only thing she fills out is uh, self-defense force pilot. Mm-hmm. That's it. She doesn't write... And she just kind of walks away from the assignment after that. And then we jump forward several years. And um, we see these pilots flying through the sky. The Japanese self... Uh, the the self defense force. Yes. Um. They're the pilots are flying through the sky, doing all these awesome maneuvers and uh, flying around and stuff. And then uh, we cut, and uh, poor Hisune has a desk job as at the Japanese self defense force. Yeah. She's not a pilot. No. <laughs> nope. No. And uh, her supervisor, uh, who is a regular on the show, a major character, uh, comes up to her and hands her a piece of paper to deliver to someone. And she's I've actually only seen her once. The no, supervisor? The supervisor with the glasses. I swear that she was in there over and over again. The, the supervisor same. with the glasses. The supervisor with the glasses is the supervisor over the dragon pilots. This girl's not over the dragon pilots. The she one that was, handed her the paper? That wasn't her? The, no, she she had brown hair kind of with, in a bun cut. All right. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. okay, so... Hands her this paper, tells her to deliver it to this person. And she then proceeds to think out loud about how she doesn't know where this person is or have never been to Hangar 8 before and how and how she's not qualified to make this delivery. Yeah, and she's like, no, and no, it's she, fine. Just go ahead and take my moped. I don't understand. And yeah, and then, like, sorry. Like, I, that, that's not the problem. The problem is even if I took your moped, I wouldn't even know where to go with this. I mean, yeah, and, and she just starts rambling. She just starts rambling of how this is, what is this? Is this some is this some kind of raising? Does this happen when single uh, when single uh, women uh, start getting up on a younger, more attractive girl because they've already lost their prospects in marriage? You know, and, <laughs> and she just rambling and starts rambling all this stuff. And everyone's just like, what? And she's like, Oh crap! I said that out loud. I, I'll go. Bye. And she just leaves. <laughs> yes. And apparently, this is a running gag for her: is uh, the inability to uh, hold anything in. She's yeah. She she spe- says what's on her mind, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. She yep. says what's on her mind every time. She's one of those filterless people. And she's so far, she's just freaking adorable. Yeah. Um, anyway, so she finds herself at the uh, at a um, a large display that is the the. Uh, directory the it's map. the map it's the map of the of the uh, base yes mm-hmm. and so she's trying to find where is where's hangar eight where's hangar eight this map only goes to hangar seven where where's hangar eight and mm-hmm. then this little old lady on a scooter of some kind carrying boxes of yogurt stop by she she offers her first a yakult and yakult is um for, for those of you who don't know it's actually a probiotic drink it's a yogurt drink mm-hmm. um you can actually buy them here in the states now um they're like they're about that big it's just like a one-shot probiotic. You're supposed to, like they you start your day off with it and stuff like that. And she says, and she kind of gets free, weirded out, and then she hands her a different one. Yeah. So so now what a probiotic is is it's a natural culture that actually helps your gut bacteria perform better, mm-hmm. and uh, or enhances the gut bacteria that's already there uh, or adds to it, which is actually foreshadowing on the premise of the show. When you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of is. It kind of is. Um, but this woman comes up to her and says, "Oh, I think you'll look know what you're looking. I think you'll find what you're looking for up there." She points to some mountain in the distance, and she's just like, "Wait, wait, what? Huh? You know?" And this old lady, she's this old lady shows up multiple times. Yes. Never say what her name is, but she obviously has a much bigger purpose than just giving her yogurt, right? Um, but anyway, she uh. So she goes up to the uh, uh, to she finds Hangar Eight randomly up in the mountains up there, yep. and she goes in and she's just like, 
I'm supposed to deliver this letter. Hello. And it's completely empty. There's no yeah. one there at all. And no lights, no nothing. And she's just like, really? Ugh. So I guess it really was them just making fun of me. This is this is harassment of some sort. And, and so she gets a little bit scared because it's quiet and mm-hmm. big. And there's a pool and there's some bubbling in the pool. And she's like, a it's pool? A... Why is there a pool here? Because you don't see a pool in a hangar. Yeah. And so, she's, so she, she needs self-care and self-comfort. So she opens up her flip phone and turns it to, and opens up a picture of her cat and starts nuzzling her phone saying, oh, I miss you, Mr. Fluffles, or whatever his name yeah, was. Yeah, well, I didn't write the write down the cat's name. And, and she just misses him so much. And as she's carrying on, she doesn't notice the bubbling increasing in the pool behind her. Mm-hmm. And then the creature emerging and looming over her. And and then, doesn't she finally look up? Well, she, she, she eventually senses something behind her. She looks up and it looks at her. And she starts screaming. And it lunges and its mouth is wide open. Cut and to the gulp. opening credits. And just boop, and yeah, then it cuts to the opening credits. And then uh, we cut, and uh, after the opening credits, we are in a hospital room, and there's a military guy talking to, well... Uh, talking so, to her, well, with, uh, with it, which is now a classic anime yeah, trope. they have, like, it, it, after the opening credits, that's right, after the opening credits, there's these beautiful uh, pictures of uh, ancient Japanese-style pictures uh-huh. of dragons and humans working together. With a like, narration about... With a narration, he's talking about how dragons are blessings among the land, and, like, if there's a dragon there, the land will prosper. Um, but and, and how the shogunate used to uh, camouflage dragons mm-hmm. so that, and well, use them as weapons Enemies would come and try to take the... To, take the dragons from us so they could go ahead and be prosperous themselves. And so the shogunate would disguise, and so he ended up disguising them so they wouldn't be used as weapons and things like that. Yeah. And so that was, Mm. that was a tradition. And then suddenly after the shogunate went away and Japan, Japan modernized. Yeah. uh, Then it was the SDF's responsibility Uh, to keep the dragons. I think I'm pretty sure they specifically say after world war two, because that's when the SDF, uh, the JSDF, um, was formed. Right. Uh, the Japanese Self-Defense Force. Yes. And so it, fell, it now falls on them to take care of these creatures, these mm-hmm. dragons. Um, and she's just not... And it cuts, and it's the... And it's this this officer... <laughs> holding up cue hold, cards. Holding up cue cards that are the pictures that we were just seeing. Yes. And uh, she's just not having any of it. She's just thinking, uh, it threw me up. Is the first thing she says. <laughs> and then it cuts back to, um, like, oh, yeah. Oh, one of them says, oh, yeah, well, we had to, uh, you know, he wasn't spitting you up, so we kind of had to force him to regurgitate you. And it cuts to... Now, now so, something we skipped before before mm-hmm. this is when they, just before they sent her off, and I wrote this down as one of my ten great things in this episode, is that... Oh, um, yeah. Uh-huh. Is that... Apparently, it, it happens a lot in, in anime, but it almost never happens in real life, that a... Um, Oh, what a, uh, that a when you ha- that, that they they have different kinds of tea and they have leaf tea and stalk tea and stalk mm-hmm. tea uh, uses the stalks the stems of the uh, of tea leaves to make a much lighter flavor mm-hmm. and sometimes uh, and then w- when sifting it sometimes a single stalk will come into the tea mm-hmm. and if it does and it floats straight up and down then that's a an omen that you're going to meet the person that you're destined to be with or somebody yeah it's a, it's a good important. omen it's a good omen mm-hmm. and it says oh there's a stalk in my tea oh is it floating no it seems to be broken in half oh yeah no the uh, the one who says that is actually the commander yes uh, of, the, of the base of the base who just sent her that like he witnessed her being sent with that documentation to go uh-huh. to hangar eight yes 
And there was a little bit of foreshadowing there as well, because the girl walks over to the um, the, com the commander and says, do you really think that it will work out for her? He's like, I've got a good feeling about her. Oh, <laughs> hey, look, I've got a stock in my in my tea. Oh, that's good luck. I've got a stock in my tea. Oh, is it, is it bobbing up and down or is it straight up and down? That's good luck. That's ah, broken in half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just like, oh. So I actually did some Google search to try to figure out if there was an omen specifically to that, and I couldn't find any information. A broken uh, about what a broken stem might mean. It might just be a like really just be bad a luck. It might just be a throwaway gag. Yeah, you know, just oh no, no, it's not good luck. It's <laughs> it's not good luck is what they're saying. Yes. Um. But anyway, so uh, she's just kind of stupefied because they had to force like they they injected the dragon with something to get the dragon to cough her up because the dragon wasn't releasing her at all. Yeah. Um, but and she's just like, oh, I, it threw me up. And then as soon as she says that, the commander's just like, that's great. Most people would be freaking out about the fact that dragons exist. But for you, the first thing out of your mouth is that you, it threw you up. So you've already accepted the fact that they're real. So you're going to be a great dragon pilot. Wait, <laughs> wait, what? Huh? Huh? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> Okay. So mo moving on, they they prep her, and they, there's a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of uh, talking, and uh -huh. they're ignoring every single attempt of her protesting about all this. Mm -hmm. She's like, no, no, I don't. What? No, I don't. I don't want this. No, you know. <laughs> and, and eventually, they they put her in a uniform with a helmet and put her in front of the dragon. They're about to be gobbled up, and then she screams, "I don't want this!" Mm -hmm. in front of everybody. And it's like, well, now's a pretty bad time for you to be a th to saying that. Fifteen. I have told you fifteen times that I do not want this. And it just starts mm -hmm. rambling over and over mm -hmm. and over again. Well, we meet some other characters as well uh, yes. during this scene. Um, like I just wanted to go ahead and say we we meet the mechanic. Yes. Um, and uh, what's his name? Uh, I've got his name here. Uh, it is Okonogi. Yeah. And we also, be, uh, because they, they kind of take her through the base, they've given her, like, her box and her stuff, and she's trying to say, I don't want this. We yeah. get introduced to another one of the pilot candidates, um, who, Kaizaki Nao. Nao, who's uh, a... Who is um, a Yakuza thug-type personality. Yeah, she's, she's, a, she's a Yankee. Yankee. Mm-hmm. A Yakuza wannabe? Is that what a Yankee... Uh, uh, a Yankee is the tough kid of the school. You know, yeah. they're a punk. They're, um... They give you the ugly faces. They're the, oh, nah, you know, like they're the ones who get super mad about everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, Saki from uh, uh, from uh, Zombieland Saga. Yeah, yeah, she's a Yankee. Yeah. She's a Yankee. Mm -hmm. I think they say um, delinquent mm. in in uh, in most anime. Right. Um, but yeah, most usually they're referred to as Yankee. Mm. Um, so Cromarty High School is a Yankee high school. Cromarty High School is a Yankee high. Um <laughs> Anyway, um, so we meet all those other characters, and yes, yes. when she finally gets to, um, uh, they're like, we'll just go in and step up. It's like, go, oh, just reach out and touch it, like E.T., like this. And the commander reaches out, and then the woman commander... Um, she, she rolls her eyes, but she, she mm -hmm. demonstrates as well. <laughs> the guy commander is way too into what's going on, and the lady Ka commander's very... I think her name is Kakiyasu, the Kakiyasu. woman with the woman, the woman with the black hair and the bun and the yeah. glasses. Yes. And like the commander, I didn't write his. I don't think they've ever said his name. So they, he just like turns, he just points his finger out, and she's just like, and reaches out and touches his finger as if it was <laughs> ET. It's like ET, like that, and like go ahead, and they, she forcing her to go forward and stuff like that. And she's and, just and like, the dragon actually bends down first and initiates the contact. 
Usually uh, it's she has to hold her hand out and then the dragon acquiesces to touch mm-hmm. it. But in this time, in this instance, mm-hmm. and apparently they made a big deal about the fact that it did this. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay, so uh, I actually uh, what was the mechanic's name again? The guy, the guy Okonogi. Okonogi. I ended up watching this in English. Okay. And not with the sub not in Japanese with the subtitles. The voice actor for that character is also the voice actor for Aaron Yeager in the English translation of... Oh, okay. Um, of, uh, I thought it was Vic Montaigne because it sounded a lot like uh, uh-huh. his character from... Uh, it sounded a lot like... Uh, oh, what's his name? The, the Blonde King from uh, uh, Oron High School Host Club. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't King. him. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it was a lot like... It sounded a lot like that character, okay. but it's not okay. the same guy. So Okay. Um, and I know the dragon eats her several times in this episode. Yes. And each time it's so unceremonious. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, <sighs> so, so after she makes all these complaints and then realizes how embarrassed she is about how she just yeah, rambled she, like that, well, and like, then the dragon just goes, oh. <laughs> well, she, um, so she, uh, she says, uh, when she says, I don't want to do this, then... Uh, like, um, what's her name? The, the leader of the squadron, uh, yeah. Kakiyasu. She's just like, well, you've had, well, you've had plenty of opportunity to say that you didn't want to do this before. This is kind of bad timing. And then she's just like, 15. 15. I've said no 15 times at this point. I have said no 15 times at this point. And she starts rambling off again about how, you know, uh, this is harassment, how, um, I had already, I had only agreed to a certain term and you renewed that term, uh, from this point on. Which is, which she starts citing which rules uh-huh. she broke to make that happen. Yep. And doing all these things. And it's like, if I had gone to Twitter, if I went to, if I went to Twitter, I could make a whole lot of, uh, a whole lot of issues for you. But I don't actually use Twitter, so you're okay then. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. All over the place. And yeah, the dragon just goes, oh, grabs her again. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that, that doesn't end well at all. <laughs> it's a, just a very sudden call. It's her, and suddenly everybody in the hangar is panicking like, uh-oh. Uh-huh. Does the dragon fly at that point? I don't remember. I don't think he flies to that. I think, no, I think it's the third time. No, it's the third time that he flies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for whatever, so, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, she goes in, I think she's apologizing to the dragon the third she, time. She, um, the third time, she, let me see if I've got anything written down here for it. Um, oh, come on. I guess apparently you decided to go yeah, ahead so, and close my name. So, um, so I remember that she, so after running, after mm-hmm. running off her mouth, she goes off to a corner and makes a phone call to, I think, her parents, her dad, and mm-hmm. starts complaining about all the problems she's caused for herself and mm-hmm. and whatnot. And that's when the young man yeah, that's when, um, catches her on Okunogi. the phone, and then she panics even more and runs off. And... Well, and then she says uh, how, like, uh, she just kind of calls him out once again. Uh, well, well, she doesn't, not once again, but... <laughs> so she's there vaping. Yeah, well, no, he's not vaping. That's actually, he has, it's actually a cigarette. Uh, it's a special type of uh, cigarette holder uh. where the smoke gets contained inside of what he's holding. Mm. So you could see, like, he actually takes the cigarette out and throws the cigarette out away after okay. that. But he... Um, uh, she says something to the effect of how he has a baby face, but he's smoking, so he's uh, trying really hard to look cool and it's not working out. And how, like, he's he's out here trying to seem friendly and nice, but he, she can't help but think he has an ulterior motive. Mm. And he instantly just goes, ugh. Just like, you know, she, like, she was able to read him that well. And then she explains the reason she, she can't stop talking is because her parents raised her to say what's on her mind. They said, always say what's on your mind, but it's always, but because she, because she always does that, she always pushes people away. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, and then she runs off again after that. Um, and th it gets to that night, and we see the the, the Yankee. We see uh, now sleeping, uh -huh. and we then see um, we see her. Um, uh, we see the uh, shoot. Um, forgot her name all of a sudden. Um, Hisone. Mm -hmm. We see Hisone with a box leaving, like she's just leaving. Yeah. Uh, planning to go AWOL. Um, because she doesn't want this. This is not what she wanted at all. Um, but anyway, she, uh, she walks past the hangar. Uh-huh. Um, and she hears, um, once again, uh, Okonogi. He's talking to the dragon. And, uh, like, uh, doing tune-ups on the dragon's armor and stuff like that. Oh, that's right. We see the first time, like, uh, the dragon's camouflage is, um... Uh, they put on the parts of a jet for the dragon. Yes. Um, and, like, he's... Well, anyway, yeah. They put on parts of the jet for the dragon, and then that night, um, Okunogi is uh, fine-tuning that stuff. And he's talking about um, how great it was that he finally found a pilot, that the dragon finally found a pilot. Because this dragon, apparently... One of the reasons there's a pool in here is because dragons, in order to, rem like, to cool off their bodies... Uh -huh. They just build up so much body heat, they have to fly to re relieve some of that heat. But they can't fly without a human pilot. Um, what? But, well, because it's, of the it's, they have with humans. Yes. Mm -hmm. If they don't have a human pilot to help them get back to where they came from, then they could mm -hmm. get captured by someone else. Yep. So it's a safety thing for them, too. Um, but, uh, and so they had this pool. And this pool was helping him keep cool, but yep. it was getting to the point to where the pool wasn't working any longer. Yeah. So they needed to find a pilot that, or and the dragon chooses their pilot is 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 what it's revealed here. Mm -hmm. The dragon chooses their pilot. It's not something that the the Japanese self defense force can force on a dragon. The dragon has to choose who it wants to fly him. Right. Um, and then she gets um, she decides to apologize to the dragon because she realizes that she insulted the dragon. Right. And she goes in. She has the helmet on. And uh, she tries to make nice with the dragon, and she does the E.T. thing where she puts her finger out, and the dragon reaches down with his nose and touches her. Yeah. And uh, she touches him for the first time and realizes that it's a real thing, and she's just like, oh, this is wonderful. And then she goes, huh? Like, she gets scared all of a sudden because the dragon has suddenly opened up its mouth and, boom, yeah. <laughs> eats her the third time. Clomp. Nom. <laughs> and then the dragon goes out for a flight. <laughs> yes, the dragon flies off with a, and starts wreaking havoc on the base uh knocks mm -hmm. down a power uh a uh, par transformer pole um, in the dragon's defense it's been three years since he's flown it has been three so... years since he's flown and it's very chaotic and mm -hmm. uh and uh, what's her name um hisone um is inside the dragon's stomach and is you know contemplating okay is this how i die now and mm -hmm. what is, what's going on here and she's and the dragon's oh, flying around chaotically. We she's... also learn in this episode, I don't think at this point... Is it at this point? Or I, I forget where, but we learned that w they have special suits for the uh, the dragon pilots. Uh -huh. Because they're literally inside the dragon's stomach. Yes, the entire time. With gastric acids that can eat them away. Oh, and it, well, that was something else. It was uh, early part of the training. But, uh, it was a class that they had with uh, the the... Instructor with the glasses and the, uh, mm -hmm. what, what did you call her? What kind of kid? Was now. She, the, now, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, about um, being thrown up by the dragon. It says, well, sometimes that's not an option. Mm -hmm. 
oh, we, oh sometimes that's not an option. She's like, what? Sometimes in emergencies, you will have to eject some through somewhere else. And she's like, what? No. What? What? <laughs> so they're just freaking this poor girl out. Yeah, yes, um, being vomited up is the preferable. We also need to establish that the dragons eat rare metals for yes. their foods. And but that, that comes up in the second episode, I think. Uh, it is re it, that is revisited in the second episode. Mm. Uh, but in the first episode, um, there it's revealed that she has a flip flown. Well, that's and, how that's how they save her. So she's in the she's in the mm-hmm. stomach. Well, that's right. That's and she's she got flip flown, and mm-hmm. she's di- and she's convinced she's going to die, and so she calls up the base to apologize for. Mm-hmm. She to give one last apology. And she the, thanks mom and dad for raising her, and she apologizes for them spending so much money only so she could die before them. Um, and then uh-huh. she wants to see her cat again. Um, and then yeah, she calls base like you were saying. And then she calls mm-hmm. the base to apologize, and the base takes up and says, "As says, are you wearing your helmet? Yes. Push the switch on the back of your helmet." Mm-hmm. She turns on the switch, and suddenly she has a heads-up display. It says, "Now push this button on the heads-up. Now push this button on your helmet." Like, yeah. look look for the one that has this code. And so there's a bunch of things flying around. Mm-hmm. She touches the right one right on her nose. And then suddenly, it the stomach she's in turns into a virtual reality cockpit. Turns into a see. 360 virtual reality cockpit where, cockpit where she can see everything around her. Yeah. And she's just blown away with how cool it all is yes. all of a sudden. <laughs> um, Which reminds me, actually, that uh, I was at an airstrip yesterday. Um for work and they were showing me off that uh the modern pilots these days their entire heads up display is built into the helmet so they don't even need it in their cockpit anymore wow so crazy uh yeah. but anyway um so she then uh she then comes back to base or mm-hmm. they, they're able to get, retrieve her and the dragon because they're able to trace her now yeah um and uh they uh they're like, oh, well, how are, you, how are you able to find me? Oh, it's because of that old cell phone you have. Like, most people have, you know, smartphones, but your old cell phone has a certain receiver that we were able to track. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, also, um, uh, they also say the, uh, like, I forget exactly how they lead up to it, but it's revealed mm-hmm. that they, the dragon de- eats rare metals. Uh-huh. And, and the dragon then eats her phone. And the dragon then leans down and eats her phone <laughs> yeah. because it's filled with rare metals. And it's like, yeah, everyone around here has smartphones because he eats the flip phones. And they're just like, what? And then now it's like, you mean that he chose? Because now she's... Uh, yeah, she, she was the candidate. She was, she was a prime candidate, candidate mm-hmm. and is very unhappy that this new person came out of nowhere, got chosen instead of her. Mm-hmm. That's and her beef. the dragon... Well, and the dragon, you know... She's like, you mean that... You mean that this girl got picked because uh, he wanted to eat her flip phone? And then she looks up at the dragon. She and the dragon shared a moment the previous night before the dragon ate her. And, she's like, and she just says, uh, I think it's a no, bit more than I, that. I think there's more to it than that. Yeah. And then next episode, they're all cleaning the dragon. So that's yeah. that's the end of episode yeah. one. Yes. Episode two, they're all cleaning dragons and stuff. And real fast, and I did want to... I did want to say one of the things that I found was interesting is that this is, you know, this Japanese company made this. Bones? Uh, Bones, yeah. Bones made this. Um, And the artwork as well that they pick for, like, telling the history of the dragons and Uh humans and how they work together to hide the dragons. Um, They all picked Oriental dragons. Mm -hmm. But these are very Western-style dragons that we're seeing. Yeah, it's true. So I was... was, And and I I know the reason they, they did that was because it's easier to have, you know... It's more believable to have, you know, a western style a western dragon, style dragon turn into, into an F fifteen than an eastern style dragon. Sure. So, 
Sure, an Eastern-style dragon would more likely turn into a train. Yeah, something like that. So, like the Galaxy Express. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, and, that would be the that would be the camouflage mm -hmm. for an Eastern-style dragon. But uh, so episode three starts off with them cleaning the dragon, and then Nao is determined to prove that she can become the dragon pilot, a dragon pilot as well. And so Nao walks up to the dragon, and she is wearing like six, seven, six, or, seven. six or seven flip flones around her neck on a, on a set of lanyards, all on lanyards around her neck. And she walks up, and she's like, "I'm going to prove that he only picked you because he because he wanted to eat your." Uh, your cell phone. And then they're like, what are you doing? You're you're being crazy. And then the dragon leans down and eats her and was like, what the crap? And then the dragon suddenly goes, patooey. Yes. And she goes launched across the cock, across the hangar into the <laughs> arms of some of the guys. Yeah, some of the guys caught her. And, she's uh, covered in She's dragon covered in dragon saliva. goo. Coop. Yeah. Um, and the dragon is just sitting there munching on the, on the cell phones. Ah, uh, the old bait and switch. <laughs> Well, and then later on, uh, we see that someone is feeding the dragon cell phones from a bucket. And, like, yeah, toss well, them as if they were fish. As if they were fish to a dolphin, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> anyway, um, so, episode two... Um, so, the major through point of the first part of episode two was that uh, Mao was trying to get uh, Hisone to leave, yeah. to quit. And so she starts bullying her in different ways. And the first thing she does is steals her um, uh, steals her lunch, which is a minced meat pie, or minced mm -hmm. meat uh, pate, patty, mm -hmm. and replaces it with a poorly made, um, I, I've made a croquette. I've made yeah. these before. Mm -hmm. I've had to make these for work before. Um, uh, but yeah, with these uh, poorly made croquettes. And she eats it and goes... These croquettes are really good. I love how big and chunky these potatoes are. And so, she, and so, in Hisone's mind, she, she just did her a huge favor because she replaced her food with something she doesn't like, which was the minced meat pies, with this patties mm -hmm. with this. And then, and, so the she, and, then mm -hmm. and then that night, she decides you're not going to get any sleep tonight. <clears throat> so she plays this um, tape uh, or CD of. Um, uh, the Emperor's New Clothes being uh, played is what they said mm -hmm. in the English version. I don't um, I didn't catch what it was called. It was just some radio drama that they were doing that they were and, playing. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, oh, I used to listen to this as a child. And then she falls asleep instantly because of how uh -huh. comforting it is to, to hear and it. And, and then the other one's just so upset that she fell asleep. Now it's just so upset that she fell asleep. She turned off the turned it off, lied down, and can't sleep because of A... Hisone's, uh, Hisone's snoring, and B, now I want to finish that story. Hisone's snoring, I don't know, I don't. I didn't watch the English version, but in the Japanese version, her snoring's not that bad. No. No, her snoring's just like, you know, it's just like kind of a noise to but, make but it sound no, like she's but, asleep. But what mm. she utters out loud is, now I want to finish that story. And she's like, no, now I'm excited and I want to finish that story. Yeah, so, and then <laughs> and she so wakes she, up the next morning and she's got like... Bags under her bags eyes. under her eyes. And she's like, "Oh, are you feeling okay now? Or not? Not now? Yeah. Nah. She doesn't call her now yet. Yet. Uh -huh. But she. But after all of these wonderful things that are happening to her, she thinks maybe she should be on a first name basis with mm. this girl who's who's ha, puts on a mean front, but has actually done all these wonderfully nice things to her. It's just like all of this bullying is coming off as tokens of friendship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. And she, yeah, and she, uh, she gets super, well, and Nao realizes that all the bullying is failing and she gets super upset about it. Yes. And, uh, I forget, I forget the exact scene, but at one point, uh, she's like, maybe I should call her, uh, Hisone is just like, maybe I should call her Nao-chan. 
or maybe, or maybe yeah. I should call her now. And she's like, oh, that might be too quick, you know, or something like that. Well, she she does it in the classroom, uh-huh. and then now puts her arms around her neck. Says, "Who gave you permission to, talk, to call me by yeah. my first name?" Like now, and be the, careful, or something like that. Yeah, and, and right, and then the teacher scolds her about what what would you think if such and such vice admiral or whatever ranked mm-hmm. a, a very high ranked official says, "Why do you gotta bring my mother into this?" Well, yeah, and well, she says, uh, she says, uh, Kaizaki. Yeah. Like, uh, if, if, like, former officer Kaizaki knew about this is what she says. Uh Uh-huh. And Kaizaki is Nao's mom. Yeah. Um, so, um, anyway, um, I want to say they're cleaning the dragon next. Mm. Okay, so what happens next is everybody's cleaning the dragon. Uh Uh-huh. And then, um, Hisone comes in. And then starts talking to the dragon about how not to judge now by the, her looks and, how, and her mean expression and how nice she really because is. Because how nice she really is and she's saying all these things to all and, these and things. And then maybe she should, and that, you know, mm-hmm. maybe you should have picked her because she's really more deserving than I am and mm-hmm. this, that, and the well, other thing. And then, and Okunogi sees Nao. It's like, you should stop. He's like, you, you need to stop. You, you should you, stop You now. should stop right now. You need to stop right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then suddenly, from across the hangar, a combat boot wax Sony in the back of the head uh-huh and it you turn she turns around and we see now from the distance and her eyes are red uh, for half a second and then it zooms up and her eyes are normal well um, i thought it was her blush that was red from uh, from across the room uh it the looked, blush of her cheeks. from from my tv it looked like it, or her eyes were red so from mine it looked mm-hmm. like it was she was blushing but anyway it, she zooms up and she just screams and is like i don't need your pity and then goes yeah. off yeah um and then that night and uh you know uh, Hisone has no idea what, you know, what's, what, what how, how to make things better, how to make things better. Um, and, uh, she go, and, uh, that night as they're going, as they're going to sleep, um, Nao is reading like, uh, sh- like a shonen or shoujo m- weekly manga. Yeah. She's reading a shoujo uh, manga that, uh, that features, um, so it looks like a white swan sort of dance it's, thing. It's that's a going ballet on. type thing. It's a ballet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the rival of the main character in that manga cuts the girl's dress so the dress falls off her right. while she's performing. Which we didn't actually bring up who was introduced at the beginning of the new episode. Oh. The costume designer. <laughs> the, 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 the costume designer. Yep. At the very beginning of the episode, he shows up. And uh, and it's clear that now has a thing for him and is really, uh, is really yeah, into him. Is really and he's into him. snubbing her so hard. Yeah. Walks right by her to pay no pays her no heed. Mm-hmm. And then he walks up and he grabs Hisone. Right around uh, the right waist. Right around the waist and pushes like, his head up against her belly button. Uh, a bit lower than her belly button. And Hisone's just freaking out and Nao's getting mad. And he's just like, 34 centimeters. Or whatever number he says. Yeah. It's something realistic. It's like 86 centimeters. Yeah. 80, it's like 86 centimeters. Yeah. So... This guy is able to just measure people by touching them. Or, like, even just looking at them. Yes. Um, And and the entire time, he's making the most awkward... He's saying in the most awkward possible ways... Ikushima is his name. Ikushima is saying in the most awkward and possible ways about... Oh, I'm not interested in you. I only want your body. And she's like, what? (laughs) Could you start saying things in ways that don't make me want to throw up? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he's there, and they reveal that he he's the person who designs the suits yes. um, for for dragon pilots. Um, yes, and so and, 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 yeah, and what what happens mm-hmm. is so so there's a 
a series of really awful suits that... Yep, very that, next thing that happens is, is there's a montage this, after uh, Nao reads the uh, reads the comic about cutting the person's dress. Um, it cuts to... Uh, yeah. The uh, montage it's these. the montage of these terrible dresses. Like, one's very, very much a Renaissance-type outfit. One's just a fat suit. Uh, yeah, one's this hideous fat suit with plugs mm-hmm. in, in weird places and mm-hmm. kind of looks like she's wearing a pig. Well, and or, something that also... Or, or possibly uh-huh. the, the costume of a... Uh, a, a costume of a giant um, mm-hmm. kaiju. Yeah. <laughs> but um, just before this, we place. should probably mention this as well. Um, uh, we run into uh, Ikushima several times throughout the episode, and one of the times uh, he kind of... I don't want to say ambushed, because he didn't treat it like an ambush, but now is obviously waiting for him, and she uh-huh. hands him a report on this suit that apparently she's been working on. And it's very, very girly, very kitty-type report uh-huh. with filled with crayon drawings and stuff like that. And she hands it to him and says, he says, okay. And she's like, well, I'm here to help you, so if there's any questions you have, please don't hesitate to ask them. He's like, oh, okay. Um, so, oh, okay, I've got a question for you then. And she lights up, lights up and he says, uh, yeah, does... Um, does he Sony like candy? Does he Sony like candy? And she's like, what? Why'd you ask me that? He's like, because right now she's somewhere between a uh, B and a C cup. And uh, the uh, and, and, and the, if she's interested in candy, she'll, her size will fluctuate and will completely ruin my designs. Yeah, it will completely ruin my designs. So I have to make sure that everything's everything's spot on. So and he's not seeing her in a sexual way in the slightest. He just sees her. You know, he wants to make sure he's got the best suit possible for her. You yeah. know, because that's what he does. But now does not see it that way. No, <laughs> no. no. And uh, yeah, and I think it's that night that she reads the manga. But anyways, it's the next yeah. day, and they are they just have kind of this montage, and finally they find this nice kind of green. It's not really. It's a it's a bluish green it's and a, silver. It's, it's a blue and yeah, and I was going to say gold actually suit mm-hmm. because it's not the final suit that she gets. No. Okay. Um. And she's embarrassed to be walking around in it because it's mm-hmm. quite uh, revealing. It's a, a skin tight bodysuit. Uh huh. So. And she is, uh, and they they go off, and they're going to go ahead and test it with the dragon, make sure everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And as they walk off, Nao walks in, and with, with a pair of scissors, pulls out a pair of scissors, and she walks over to the costumes, uh, to the suits. Mm-hmm. And as she's about to cut one of the suits. Um, the command, not the commander, but the leader of the squadron, yes. uh, walks in, uh, Kakiyasu, Kakiyasu uh, walks in, in with and the glasses and walks in and says, and so what are you doing over there? It's like, Oh, nothing. And she walks over and like puts her hand out and now hands her the, the, uh, the scissors. Uh, the scissors. And she just says, you would have regretted doing this deeply. And what would your, like, what would a former, what would former officer Kaizaki uh, think about this. So she started like this and she screams and says, don't you bring my mom into this. And then she just runs off. Yes. And she goes AWOL. Like she, she does. She steals a scooter and runs. Mm-hmm. And we learn. And she goes missing for a, uh, a full little day. Mo- a little more than 24 hours. It's, a little it's more the than... next night before they can run a, uh, they, uh, contemplate sending out a search party yep. for her. And, um, and, uh, she, well, anyway, um, Um, to cut a long story short, um, uh, I'm forgetting her name. Hisone. Hisone. She learns that there's a million yen fee for, for, a, search for a search party. And if it's for a member of the self-defense force, uh-huh. it's their responsibility to repay that. Yes. No matter how long it takes. 
And so she's like, well, she'll be kicked if she... And then she she goes into another one of her spurning... Tell me what they say, and I'll tell you what they say in the English She's like, well, oh, man, if she... and Well, she can't afford... She can't afford to make those payments, and if she has to, like... And if she gets kicked out of the JSFD, she's gonna, you know, she's gonna have to get a night job as well as a day job, and then she's gonna have to spend her entire life repaying this. So, something like that, yeah. In the English version, she drops something about her becoming a streetwalker or something to help pay this off. Wow, yeah, no, yeah. I don't think they go that far in the Japanese one. I think Hisune is too innocent. Or a call, to th- a call girl or something like Hisune that. Hisune is too innocent to think about something like that. She's a very, very innocent girl. <laughs> um, who loves her cat very much. Yes. Um, anyway, she, uh, so, um, she volunteers and says, hey, we need to, um, like, well, how about this? Instead of sitting in a search party, how about you just have me and the dragon go out? Yeah. Um, and they're like, well, and... There's there's a faction within the within the self defense force that is against the dragon pilots entirely, and so they're against that idea completely. But then the base commander's like, "I like it, go out." So uh, and so she goes over to the dragon, and the dragon won't have her. Yeah, apparently the, during her plea for the dragon to accept now, he insult she managed to insult both now and the dragon mm-hmm. with that particular. And she's speech. wondering what's going on and why won't he accept it. And then the dragon leans down and looks at the at the boot that's still there. Uh-huh. And then she realizes that oh, it's the same. I've insulted both of them. And then she apologizes for it and says that, and she kind of, you know, she does one of, another one of her things where she's just you know complaining about how she has no self worth, um, and how now really is the better better pick. But if you'll have me type thing, you know, mm-hmm. I'll I'll go with you. And the entire thing is is witnessed by uh, Okonogi. And Okunogi's just like, you're not doing very well at that, but the dragon it, accepts it. If you're trying to butter him up, start lying. Yeah. No, <laughs> if you're trying to butter him, butter him up, lie. You know? <laughs> don't don't be honest. Um, and But the dragon, uh, I, I think one of the reasons the dragon goes for her is because of how earnest and how honest she is and everything. Because once she comes out with her honest feelings again, once again, the dragon leans down and just, oh, just eats her once again, you yeah. know? And so, and one of the most adorable things that I've seen in this show, which is absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic, happens at this moment, is that it starts flying off, and then the 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 nose of the plane disappears, and the dragon's head comes out and goes, <laughs> it takes a sniff of the uh-huh. air, and then it goes back into airplane mode as he's searching for uh, which now. is which is pretty great. It is pretty great. And they find now, and we see now has actually crashed. Um, yeah. she she crashed the moped, and she's fallen off a mountain road. Mm-hmm. And she has hurt her knee really, really badly. Yeah. It's not broken, um, because in the next episode she's up and about and walking and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's she's in a lot of pain and she's crying, calling out for mom, saying how much it hurts. And then uh, she looks up as she sees a jet hovering in the air. A jet that is an F fifteen is not a hover jet. And yeah, an F fifteen is not a uh, VTA. Yeah, it is not VTL, vertical takeoff and landing. Yeah. It is not one of those types of planes. No. Um, but she, and so she, and it, it, it hovers down and it pops up and it's the dragon. Yep. And, and it's adorable. She, it's it's so cute. Um, and the dragon proceeds to vomit and out comes Hisune. And so, the dragon's... So before, so, and, and before the girl comes out, a whole lot of bile comes out. And the bile covers now. <laughs> covers now. It's like the nastiest, like... Mm-hmm. So that's just insults mm-hmm. to injury about being rescued. Uh, and she's just like, ah, you know? Yeah. And uh, anyway, uh, then uh, Hisune comes out and Hisune just apologizes profusely, profusely. 
and stuff, and you know, mm-hmm. says she didn't realize that she was hurting her, and wh- I, I forget exactly everything that she says. Right. But pretty much, she's just like, "Well, this isn't too far from the base. How about you go ahead and like, we'll have the dragon take you, and I'll go ahead and just walk." And she's like, "You idiot! I, he, I'm, he won't accept me. He only accepts you." And but he's followed your scent to find you. He's like, but he, he we fa- he's the one who found you. Like we got we found you because he followed your scent. And she's like, wait, what? And the dragon goes home <laughs> and takes her and then flies off with her. Um, um, fortunately, she also manages to trade helmet. By that oh yeah, point she gives her well. the helmet and stuff like that. And says you don't you know, you won't have to worry about it. I it's mean, a short distance. He won't dissolve your clothes too much. Which which again freaks now out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so they fly off and stuff. And uh, we get back to the base, and now is is welcomed back, and people are worried about her, freaking and out about her. She's being debriefed by the uh, by the command squadron commander, and told that by now that now that you've been accepted as a dragon pilot, you've completed your training, you're going on to pilot school, uh-huh. and um, well, and and you are not allowed to leave this base because you now know you know too much. And if you do try to quit, you will owe us yeah. a million yen. Well, and that's that's right. She said she said I quit. And as, well, when she said don't bring my mom into this, uh-huh. and then she screamed I quit and ran off. Yes. Um. And yeah, she's and yeah and uh and uh, Kakiyasu does say that. Uh, she says, uh, uh, yeah. Well, uh, here's the thing. We're not kicking you out because you know you've you've now been accepted as you know you you've you've completed the requirement of becoming a dragon pilot. A dragon took you into himself. Mm-hmm. So, so you are now officially a dragon pilot. Right. Um, we just have to find a dragon for you. And she says, and there's going to be a need for dragon pilots, in the near, for a lot of dragon pilots in the near future. Yeah. Um, so it's like, we're not getting rid of you. Um, and if you do quit, then we will charge you the 100 million yen that it costs to come and get you. Yeah. So, yeah. So now it's just kind of stuck now. <laughs> yep. Um, and that's kind of the end of episode that two. That is the end of episode two. Which, again, just to bring up a point that we said before, that the, this is how the probiotic thing kind of worked out. Because now they have this person in the stomach helping the dragon. We both wrote the exact same thing for one of our items. It's true. That's fine. Anyway. Um... And so the next episode, we noticed that a dummy is being sewn, hand-sewn by now, mm-hmm. um, for a craft. And it turns out what's going on is that they're planning a major... <clears throat> Um, it's a major festival. public event. It's, it's a public a, event. Mm-hmm. Like like in the U.S., we have the uh, the Blue Angels that do uh, major sporting events or something, and mm-hmm. fly in formation and have smoke clouds and yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. And so they're doing formations and uh, a public display uh, of a similar nature. Uh-huh. Um, oh, but it, it ties back to a previous episode. No, no, early no. The first part of the episode, uh, they're doing formation drills with. Uh, Hisone, who's no good. Hisone is terrible. She's so bad. And, it, and, and, she keeps, and it's, she it's her with a bunch of other actual pilots f- piloting F-15s. Yeah. And she keeps slipping and falling and hitting things in the cockpit. Which is understandable because she doesn't have anything to secure her down. No, she's, she has nothing it's to secure her down. It's 100% touch controls she's, inside of a slippery, slimy stomach. That she's positioned... Um, I don't know. It, it, it's she's down on all fours. She's down on all fours. She's on her hands and knees in this, in this stomach, mm-hmm. um, or this special pouch. Or I was trying whatever. to think. I, think I was trying stomach. to think if there was some yoga name for that pose, mm-hmm. but no, it's it's just on hands and knees, and uh, the controls are big, 
flashy controls that are related to where on the stomach to push to get certain responses mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. from the dragon. So, uh, anyway. Yes. Sorry. Okay, so... And, and so, the, so there's an incident uh, mm -hmm. with the flying, and she... She slips and hits some sort of exhaust release, and the, uh, um, and so, okay, so at first she's not flying fast enough. She's, she's going just below as fast as you need to go uh -huh. to, uh, to be, uh, to travel safely yeah. in the substratosphere. Mm-hmm. Or however, however high up they are, like 75,000, um, 14,500 feet. Something up there, yeah. So mm -hmm. they're, they're up there pretty high. But she's traveling at a lower speed than is safe for those planes to be traveling. Yeah. And so that she's being yelled at for that. It's like, well, could you try, maybe try positive reinforcement instead of yelling at me? It's like, what are you talking about? Oh, my, was my mic on? Your mic's been on this whole time. Oh, no, you've heard everything? Yes, of course. Your mic is hot. <laughs> Which, yep. by the way, uh, no, but my, uh, I was, uh, my company took me yesterday for a, uh, a, a free uh, uh, private plane tour. Uh, from oh, cool. he around Heber City, um, so we went around uh, big and little Cottonwood Canyon and mm -hmm. stuff. And the 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 system they had, everybody had headsets with a microphone, and it was a cool little system that it, the microphones could tell a certain decibel level coming in. And so when you started speaking, it sent the mic signal to everybody. But uh, there wasn't just some dull hiss in the headphones mm -hmm. as you would expect from a live mic the whole time. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah. The cool little thing. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh. But anyway. Um. She. Uh, but. Uh. So the it's then inside, mm -hmm. and it's her and all the other pilots, and they're all men, and they're all buddy buddy, and they're calling each other by their call signs. Um. And she's just like, wait, what? What's going on? Why does everybody have English nicknames? Yeah. I mean, what? What is this? Why is everybody calling each other English words? I don't get it. Um. And they're like, oh, well, it's what pilots do. Uh. We get. Or no, even then, the, like she doesn't, she doesn't ask. Uh -huh. She doesn't ask at that point. Um, she then goes and uh, she uh, there. I think they're once again cleaning the dragon or doing something with the dragon. Oh, they're in the dragon's hangar, and she sees um, Nao sewing that big dummy yes. that looks like a big version of Nao. Yeah, uh, it's got her hair and everything. Um, but anyway, but ridiculous uh, Olivia lips. Yeah, just real bad, terrible Olivia lips. Oh gosh. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, she. Uh, anyway, sorry. What, what, she, what was her exact words? Because um, his uh, his Sone is trying to compliment her, but she says something about how she's doing something completely useless at the same time. Oh yeah, no, she's like, well. Uh, she comes over and she says, what's this for us? Oh, I'm making it for, I, it's like, uh, because I don't have a dragon to fly with, I've got to do something else for the festival coming up, uh, for the event coming up. She's like, oh, that's incredible. You have such an incredible skill that's so, like, you've, you're doing something so great because you have nothing else to do. You know, something like that, you know? Because <laughs> otherwise you'd be completely useless. <laughs> yes. So, some, some backhanded insult. To talk, Which, of course, upsets now because... And now goes running after her, yeah. chasing her off. But she asks now why all them... And, like, it, it, it's her, now the dragon, and, um... Shoot, what's his name? Um, Okon Okonogi. Uh. And she's talking about how all the pilots were calling each other weird English names. And, like, oh, well, it's kind of like nicknames. It's like, oh, really? Yeah. It's just a bonding thing that pilots do. 
Um, they call each other nicknames. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and Nile's like, yeah, and you have no choice in the matter because it's given to you by one of the one of your higher uppers, yeah. or by your senpai. So maybe I should give you a nickname. And it, it doesn't phase uh, Hisune at all. Uh-huh. Hisune gets up and she walks over to the dragon and you know starts thinking, oh, so hey. Uh, she asks Okonogi, what's the dragon's name, by the way? It's kind of weird just calling him dragon this entire, entire time. Oh, well, he's just he's just a dragon. Oh, okay, well, what about giving him a nickname so, you know, we can call him something? Oh, well, how about F-15? Or F- like F-15J, which is what his yeah. insignia was. He's like, no, that's terrible. Why not? It's a great nickname. Well, that's like me calling you, like me calling you tracksuit. Or not tracksuit. We call him you coveralls. Yeah. You know? That's, that's just what he's wears. That's, that's just what he wears. Is. That's not who he is. That's like me calling you coveralls. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And so she's like, Otofu! Otofu! That's what his name is. We're going to call yeah. him Otofu. What? Because they call the dragons OTFs. OTFs. I forget exactly what that means, but it's... Uh, like or- organic... Trans- uh, something flyer. Transforming... Organic transformable flyer. Something yeah. along those lines. Um, OTF. And like, Otofu! Like O T F O T F O Tofu. Yes, yes. O Tofu. I, I, I see how you got there. Yeah, but, I see how uh, you got there, but it doesn't make it any good. Yeah. You know, but she loves it, and she, she keeps calling the dragon O Tofu, and the dragon's just like, "Are you serious? That that's the best name you can come up with for yeah. me?" Type thing. Uh, the dragon is not. The dragon is not but... having any of it. Um, but uh, anyway, um. Oh, that's right. We should probably we should probably bring in the fact uh, uh, when she was getting chewed out uh, by the leader of the pilots, mm-hmm. um, some of them started making you know fairly crass jokes, and she's just like, "Guys, that's borderline sexual harassment. Is that really okay for you guys to do?" And like, "Oh man, I mean, the previous dragon pilot, Forrest, she was great. I mean, we just had you know like she would just laugh at that stuff, so it didn't bother her in the slightest." It was like, "Oh yeah, so we're pretty safe." It was like, "Oh okay, you know." Um, and then it's revealed later on that Forrest was someone by the name of Moriyama, uh-huh. and Mori is Japanese, Forrest uh-huh. in Japanese. Um, and so they called her Forrest in English, and there's all these, like, people are just like, oh yeah, yeah, there was that incident. Or like, oh yeah, she's not with, she's, you know, she was, she was a great pilot, and then she just suddenly stopped, and like, doing all and these three, things. And, and then, then just that, giving... that thing happened three years ago, and mm-hmm. her uniform was completely disintegrated. Yeah, There's nothing and they're talking about how like she's a cur- she was a curvy, beautiful woman, whereas you know, uh, Hisune is fe- rather small. Yes, um, she's a bit of a beanpole. And, she's a bit of a beanpole. Uh, so one one of the pilots, uh, one of the head, the the higher up pilot, mm-hmm. uh, said something about um, in one scene about how he can find him find a way to love every kind of woman, except somehow, not Hisune. She is the one type that he didn't know existed that he can't love. That he, he can't, can't find love. Anyway, um, love. like, but no, you're my type. I didn't need to know that. I didn't need to know that. Says mm-hmm. the commander with the glasses and the bun. Mm-hmm. But they, uh, anyway. Um, so, uh, to cut a long story short, um, it gets to um the uh the the day of the performance. Yeah. Um, and they've learned that several other places aren't going to perform like they're supposed to. So they're pretty much the last place around here that is going to perform this year. Uh-huh. So they absolutely have to do it. Mm-hmm. Except that one of the planes isn't flying. Right. Mm-hmm. And we f- find out that because of the incident we were talking about earlier, about uh, when uh, she hits a button. Uh, so she was flying She was flying back a ways, and then it needed to speed up. And so she hit the wrong thing and sped up too fast. 
and hit something else wrong, and then ex- then it put out a lot of heat exhaust from the dragon during mm-hmm. flight, and it damaged one of the other planes, and unbeknownst we to them at the time. Like, the dragon knew and tried to communicate, but the dragon is not at the level where... She, he can communicate with her. Hisune is not at that level just yet. She yeah. she sees that he's trying to communicate, but she can't interpret what he's saying. Yes. Um. But she. But uh. So. Um. They explain that. Oh, so that's what happened. And the the actual commander of the base who's there with them just says, mm-hmm. "Well, the dragon exhaust is much much hotter than that of F-15. So and the out like so this plane is is grounded until it's fixed." type thing yeah. and they can't do the show and everyone's really really upset and so they're like well the only one with that the only one who can do the show now is hisune and everyone's just like what no that's terrible but hisune says i'm gonna do it it's my fault so i'm gonna go ahead and do it please please count on me and then she goes out and um they're like oh when well, the commander's just like oh well this is great like we're gonna have a dragon out there and the public's not gonna know it wait a minute won't it be weird if people see a plane going by without a pilot and as because the, as they're dropping the the uh the cockpit down on the dragon's neck um there's no pilot there's no pilot there's no there's no pilot in the empty cockpit and so what so what happens next oh so, so oh. before that before that mm-hmm. when they when uh now finishes the dummy the dummy is now this full sized pilot um, that's an animatronic that's just waving an arm, mm-hmm. and we see an older lady with a very young three-year-old boy, um, mm-hmm. uh, saying, "Look, Mama, it's a pilot." Like, yes, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And well, we come to find out later that this well, and this woman, she walks up to the pilot, and then she turns and she looks exactly at the mountain where Hangar Eight is hidden behind, uh, and she says, "Oh, he sounds like he's crying about something," you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so while they're and so, uh, what well, there, there was some, there was some problem. The dragon didn't want to go. He was stage. So he had stage what, fright. He didn't want to get involved. What the? So they go out and they start. They they go out and there's they're on the runway and they're talking about how there's this great. Um, oh well. Um, yeah. Okay. So they they go out and they start. Um, they go on the runway. Uh-huh. And he, the dragon is uh, about to. Uh, well, anyways, the, the, real fast, we we skip this part. We were t- starting to talk about it, then we jump backwards. They cut the robot, yeah, in half. And now, did you say <laughs> and, and, that? I not, don't, not yet. Okay. So, we're, so yeah. we're getting to the fact that the robot was displayed, and we started yeah. talking about the mother. But no, in this instance, yes, they cut the dummy in half, and so now it's just sitting there, dejected, with a pair of legs and cotton stuffing. Yep, and then we cut to uh, the animatronic upper half waving from the, the cockpit. Yeah, the upper half is waving from the cockpit as people are flying, fly, as people are, or as it's driving by, because there's a lot of people there with very, very big, expensive cameras to take very, very nice photographs. Yes. Um, but they, uh, but anyways, so they get down there, and then suddenly everything slows, uh, slows down, uh-huh. and the the cockpit inside crumples down and starts crushing um, Hisune. And he's suddenly just like, uh, wait, what, wait, what's going on? What's going on? Otofu, what's going on? Um, and, uh... The dragon's having anxiety and the, his stomach's clenching And then up. she remembers, she remembers that this, this dragon, Otofu, uh-huh. as she's calling him, um, doesn't like being in front of crowds. And he opened up his little side window and he looked at the crowd before he went to take off. Uh-huh. Um, and now he's he's panicking. He's he's freezing up, and she starts chewing him out, you know. Yeah. 
uh, she starts chewing him out in a pretty adorable way. I don't exactly remember what she says, but she was chewing him out. And he... And ultimately it comes down to how much trouble she's going to be in. I mean, he'll be fine. Mm -hmm. But if you have any caring for me at all, you'll help me out because I'm going to be in so much trouble if you don't get to move on. Yep. And finally, yeah, and as she's chewing him out, uh, everyone everyone in the base is panicking as well because there's no power output, there's nothing. But as she's chewing him out, slowly the power output starts building and then the cockpit starts building itself again. And then she realizes that everything's good to go and they take off. And the dragon does this incredible takeoff where he actually skids the tail uh -huh. of the of the plane across the ground and then shoots up and does all these incredible moves and everyone's just like that's incredible we have a I've fighter never seen we've seen a, a jet move that way i've never seen a jet move this way and like there's a bunch of military people as well and one of them just says mm, it looks like the mufa base was holding and holding back on us and <laughs> it cut, and it shows the commander standing in front of the guy and he just kind of smirks <laughs> He's like, hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, um, after the f after the flight, um, they they're back inside the um, the hangar, and the um... oh, uh, we also need to say that uh, every time they say the name Forest, Forest, the dragon perks up and is looking around. Forest, Forest, yeah. you know. But every time they say Moriyama, dragon doesn't do anything. Um, and then the dragon also, uh, well, and then like, she's trying to instill her name to the dragon. Hisune is, the dragon's not doing anything. Okay. Um, but anyways, uh, the dragon, um, and they're in the hangar and someone walks into the hangar as well. Um, yeah. and it is. And it's the mom. Uh-huh. It's yeah. the mom. Oh wait, did this happen? I think this happened before had, the yeah, This happened before the flight. So that's yeah, why I was trying okay. to bring it up that way. But okay, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. We've got things a little out of order here, but no, there's a big. Mm -hmm. But uh, so the story's interwoven, and so we're going to tell the thread with. The oh, mom that's right. right. It's the drinking afterwards. That's yeah. okay. But anyways, yeah. And so what happens is we find out that this mom, who's put on a little weight and is uh, no she's, longer, she's no, a little no, chubby. Yeah. yeah but be, I only bring it up because. Everybody else starts comment when everybody realizes that this mom was Forrest, and everybody just remembers how she looked three years ago when she was just this bombshell with an hourglass figure in all of their minds, and now she is a she's got a mom body, mm -hmm. which is you know it's absolutely it's fine, fine yeah. but it's just mm -hmm. nobody nobody thought she turned that way. Yeah, but that's but mm -hmm. and, and that's kind of one of the things is that. In order to fit down a dragon's throat, you have to be a certain level of slender. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of a, now that she looks this way, she's not going to fit. Mm -hmm. Well, and we also reveal later, there's also other reasons uh, why she does, why why she is the way she is, uh, or, or why she left. They kind of reveal uh, that in this episode as well. But she walks in and she calls out Oscar. Yeah. And the dragon immediately reacts to it and is super happy to see Forrest again. And um, it's a pretty adorable scene because Hisune is just like, wait, wait, wait. You like the name Oscar, but you don't like Otofu? What's wrong with Otofu? It's better than Oscar, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> yes. Um, but they, they have kind of this touching scene um, where, uh, and, and after that, that's when the dragon goes out. And during the flight, we see uh, Forrest and her kohai. Or her senpai, uh -huh. uh, who is a uh, who's the the leader of the squadron yes. once again, uh, Kakiyasu. Kakiyasu. Okay. Um, and uh, she tells her the real reason that she stopped being the dragon pilot was because uh, Oscar stopped ha, stopped accepting her for some reason. Yeah, and she didn't know why. And uh, but Kakiyasu is just like, well, that's no excuse for you just to run off and get married with a man. 
Like, are you, you know, still upset that I took him like, away from you? Are you still upset that I took him from you? And she's like, no, I gave him to you. <laughs> yeah, type thing. Um, so, yeah, they were both in love with the same man. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, and then before they take off, the before they take off, um, Hisune, or Hisone uh-huh. uh, asks um, Forrest to give her a nickname because she, Forrest is technically her senpai. Yes, she's the last person to fly the dragon before she did. Mm-hmm. And it's just been a three-year hiatus yep. that the dragon didn't want anybody. And they're having a celebration for a great, like, uh, a celebration at, at a bar and, and a grill, a bar and grill. Um, um, and uh, Forrest gets up there and she says, Finally, I have the long-awaited nickname of Hisone. And she pulls up this scroll and everybody's just like, what? Except for Hisone, who thinks it's the greatest thing. Her eyes just go super wide. She's so excited. And her, her nickname is her name. Like, Hisone. <laughs> Don't know why. Oh, it's also revealed that um, during training, we should probably say this, because there's several times where they're flying up in this episode, and we kind of skipped over a couple of them. But during one of them, the drag, um, she, um, she looks up and she sees this kind of a disc with some symbols on it in the dragon. Yes. And that has the dragon's true name on it. Yeah. And the dragon's true name is um, is uh, Ma- uh, Masotan. 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 And she starts calling it Masotan. And at the end of the episode, at the very end of the episode, we see the mechanic uh-huh. talking to some guy who's kind of in the shadows. Uh, I think it might be the base commander. Right. Um, I mean, it's not like they were hiding him. It's just, just the line it's of just, the room. Yeah, it's just a, um, a, an end-of-day report, mm-hmm. it seems. And uh, he says, oh... So we have a dragon pilot who knows the dragon, who calls the dragon by its true name, huh? Well, then she's probably the Miko we've been waiting for. And Miko is a shrine maiden in mm. Japanese, usually uh, someone with a holy purpose. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, that's the first three episodes. And I would, this is kind of the show where I kind of want to watch the closing credits every time, just because the closing credits are freaking adorable. Uh, I sh- I never got to watch the closing oh, credits. Oh, really? Well, the thing is, the Netflix does that autoplay thing, and I never reached the remote fast enough to stop the oh, autoplay so gotcha. I finish the credits. The credits are adorable. It's okay. it's uh, Hisone, um, Nao, and the other three dragon pilot women mm-hmm. um, kind of just doing a cute walk and then a cute dance and things like that, and like just sporadic colors and stuff, and it's a very nice song as well. Uh, uh, anyway, that's uh, that's three episodes in. What, what's your final thoughts? Uh, it's pretty cute. Um, yeah, I mean, if I didn't have a plate full of other anime, I'd definitely <laughs> add it to my list. But, so uh, much anime to so watch. Much, so much, so much. <sighs> yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. I think this is one I'm going to try to find time to watch and finish watching. Okay. Um, I really, really enjoyed this. Cool. It just seemed right up my alley. Just the kind of the weirdness, the humor, mm-hmm. kind of the uh, the overarching uh, darkness. of. No, I don't want to say darkness, but like... The, the looming threat of the overall plot the entire time. Right. Um, and she's just such an adorable main character. I mean, holy cow. <laughs> she's great. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I'm def- I'm probably going to try to find some more time to watch this. Um, okay. But anyway, so that's it for my pick, and it's your turn to pick for next week. Yes, and I was looking around for something to watch for next week, and uh, a lot of things just didn't catch my eye, or some things were just of a genre that I couldn't... Uh, in good conscience, bring to this particular format. Uh, but then I was scrolling through a bit, and then I caught something that we had talked about before that we wanted to put on our queue for uh, three episodes in. 
Uh, so next week we're going to watch uh, The Saga of Tanya the Evil. Yay! Um, Crunchyroll has this uh, for the synopsis. It is June of the year, current era, 1923. A young girl with blonde hair and blue eyes, Tanya Dugachov, has entered the final curriculum of the Imperial Military Academy and is training a third patrol and is training a the third patrol line in the Northern Military District in the Nor- Norden Theater. As part of her service to the force, her training, the first step towards a brilliant career as an aviation mage should have gone off without a hitch, but things took an unexpected turn. Fun times. I'm really excited to watch that. Really yeah. excited to give that a try. Looking forward to it. Okay, um, so next week we're going to go ahead and watch The Saga of Tanya the Evil. How fitting for the week of Christmas. We're going to watch that. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, that's it for three episodes in. Let's move on to recommendation of the week. And it's my pick this week. It is. And I'm going to recommend Smash Brothers Ultimate. I got that game when it first came out. Um... And I know there's some problems with the online format, but I don't care about online games. I just, it, like, I guess it depends. I mean, I, I've had fun playing Monster Hunter. I've had fun playing MMOs and things like that. They're fine. But I don't get Smash Brothers to play with random people uh, throughout the world. I place, I get Smash Brothers to play with my siblings, to play with my friends, to have, you know, couch, um, couch, uh, co-op. Local or multiplayer. Local multiplayer. That's why I get Smash Brothers. And it's incredible. It's just loads of fun. Great characters. Just absolutely chaotic and wonderful. Um, I've had a blast playing it. I'm going to have a blast continuing playing it. Um, so yeah, that's my suggestion. That's my recommendation of the week. Fantastic. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Alrighty. Um, this week, it's my turn for creator shout-out. And mm-hmm. I'm going to give a shout-out to Corname. Now, Corname is a... Uh, compilation anime video producer um they're the ones who made that video that i shared with you uh that was you know all the best uh darkness being darkness or mega moon being oh Megamoon, yeah mm-hmm. and uh various other video clips that they've done and so we're going to go ahead and link you to our uh on our if you come to whitaker weekly we'll have links to uh their youtube channel and their patreon page good deal but they do. Uh, they do some pretty funny stuff. Cool. Um, before we go, I want to go ahead and, and you know uh, ask you guys for suggestions. If you're listening to this on YouTube, go ahead and comment and say what show you'd like us to go ahead and watch. If you want to go ahead and do that, uh, that would be great. Uh, we very, very, very much would like to review shows that you guys want us to watch. Uh, anyway, um, thanks for listening so much in this week. Thanks so much. Blah. I'm gonna go ahead and start that over. That was bad. Thanks so much for listening in this week. If you listened it on YouTube, please feel free to like this episode and subscribe to our channel. If you like what we do and want to support us, please spread the word of our podcast or even support us on Patreon. Where can they find us on social media? Our site, WhitakerWeekly.com, currently has the links to our Facebook page, Twitter account, Patreon page, and YouTube channel. We encourage all our listeners to follow us on the social media platform of their preference, and if there's one we're not on yet, please reach out to us on one of the ones we've mentioned, and we'll broaden our scope to include you. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and give a shout-out to Ben Coombs for providing the artwork for us. And a shout-out to Brazmataz for uh, writing the music Dry Clock that we use for our opening and closers. All right, well, that's it for this week. I've been Andrew. I've been Lee. And this has been Whitaker Weekly. You guys have a great week.